Hello and welcome to this episode 15 of the Stack Magazines podcast. My name is Stephen Watson and this week I've come back up to the courtyard here at Somerset House and because it is just the most lovely Christmassy bit of London and they've got an enormous Christmas tree here, they've got the ice skating rink and at the moment there's a curious mix of families with small children and what looks like pretty drunk people on office Christmas parties and so it is a fun place to be and I'm also just really enjoying not being mega stressed. Uh, If you heard the episode last week you may have detected that I was a little bit frazzled what with the stack awards and all the rest of it but um, I'm very pleased to say that this week it's all calmed down a bit and I had time to meet up with Rob Lowe who is the illustrator and uh, artist and art director who is better known as Super Mundane and Rob uh, worked on Anorak magazine and on Fire and Knives and he's done a bunch of other stuff as well. He's actually not making a magazine at the moment which makes for a first for this podcast it's the first time I've spoken to anyone who is not currently making a magazine Um, but he is considering a return to print and so uh, he speaks uh, very interestingly about his new projects and about the other stuff he's been doing too like massive murals and stuff uh, on underpants and all all sorts of things Um, he speaks about uh, how drawing Matt Damon is like drawing a potato uh, which I particularly enjoyed Um, and of course he speaks about the fact that he created our Christmas card uh, this year so if you are listening to this uh, before Sunday the 11th of December uh, you could get one of those Christmas cards for yourself go to stackmagazines.com forward slash Christmas and buy a, a, one of our Christmas subscriptions and we'll send you one of Rob's Christmas cards that he made just for us if you miss that uh, we can just send you it as an email instead so you can actually buy our Christmas offers right up until Christmas Eve and you'll get a super mundane uh, e-card which you can send instantaneously to whoever you want anywhere in the world and um, that's enough of the big Christmas sell I hope you enjoy this conversation with me speaking to Rob Lowe, otherwise known as Super Mundane. Alright, so I'm here this week with uh, Rob Lowe, better known as Super Mundane. Rob, welcome to the studio. We're in the audio studio this week. Yeah, in Somerset House, which I've behind the scenes. It's uh bit of a privilege for me so that's nice <laughs> <laughs> everyone says that when they come here you you might not be saying that in a few minutes so uh, me <laughs> and rob orchard from delayed gratification did a podcast in here in the summer okay and by the end of it we were literally melting because it got so hot i've got a polar neck on as well that's oh no polar neck <laughs> and a jacket well i'm hoping now it's december no, it, it might be slightly more uh, appropriate yeah, um, yeah. A- anyway so listen so you're you are a first because you are the first person who is on this podcast and you're not actually making a magazine at the moment. No, no, no. So what's so special about you? How come you're... you're... <laughs> <laughs> well, I have done magazines, obviously. Uh, lot, lots in the past. Um, so because me, me and you years. met... So I was going to say, so we, we must have met close to 10 years ago oh, when you were working on Anorak and then Fire and Knives. Yeah. So, and, and they were both quite unusual magazines. Maybe you could describe, um, so Fire Nights is gone now, but Anorak is still with yep, us. Yeah. Maybe you could talk about what you did with those mags. Okay, so Anorak came first, and that was uh, came off the back. Before I did 
I got into magazines via Steve's Nation magazine, which um, offered me a job whilst I was working at the Ministry of Sound as a graphic designer. And then that went down after four issues. Then I was doing Good For Nothing, which is the first one I art directed completely. Good For Nothing, what's that? Uh, It was um, a lifestyle magazine uh, in the early... 2000s so um it was it was a free one it was it was kind of similar to sleaze nation with um and then but it was the first time i'd kind of art directed the magazine completely from scratch that lasted eight issues nothing to do with me i hope <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then i met kathy um from anorak and started that and that and the whole idea with anorak was to be the like, antithesis to all the kids magazines out there at the time i mean it's 10 years old this year so and there wasn't anything like no brow or, or there wasn't, I mean, it's a, a very lush, illustrative and design heavy uh, magazine for children that didn't really exist in any other way at that, that time. And then at the same time as doing that, um, Tim Hayward uh, got in touch to do Fire and Knives, which again was a, kind of a first, I think. It was a, a single subject matter, um, word led magazine. And um, and that I, well, that was one where I art directed like basically, I got words. I gave him back a magazine. We didn't really speak much in between, and then uh, and that lasted about fourteen issues, I think. Uh, and Fire and Knives, I always think of as being very uh, influential because when you look now at the number of food and drink magazines that are out there, which yeah. are taking this approach of something that's beyond recipes and how to make a nice whatever. Yeah, yeah. That like you know, I think Fire yeah. Knives had a big part to play in that. Yeah, I think that came from uh, Tim a lot because he was immersed in that journalism world and there was a lot of people uh, writers who there just wasn't getting a place for their um, the things they wanted to write about and so there was no recipes in there at all and there's very there's sometimes a little bit of photography but apart from that it was all my um hand lettering and and it had a very distinct approach to how I did it so it's quite eclectic inside and I I cut everything down into um, having almost like a different style for each article because there's probably about 18 articles in each one and um, so it but it worked I think <laughs> but yeah but now you've got lots of uh, magazines that, um, that are all just about single subject matter but um, are quite broad in their um, the way they approach that and you, you talk about the the way that you basically created the whole thing so you, you I mean you like designed the whole thing <laughs> that, that I think is quite yeah. Uh, well, it's a very unusual way of making magazines. It's It's been pretty much the way I've done most of the magazines that I've worked on. So they've been very much... Uh, I've been trusted, I guess, to, to produce a magazine. And because of that, I've been able to produce ones that are maybe a, a lot more um, uh, intricate in their content because I don't have to go up with ideas or, or do you like this and redo things. I just go right I've got something to do and I have an idea and I just do it so I can spend a day doing hand lettering where I could never do that on a normal magazine yeah of course of course and the, and thinking about the actual output so for me looking back at old Anorak because yeah. um, when did you stop working on Anorak? Uh, it was four years ago I think right okay so looking back at old Anorak the, that's something that looks much more like Super Mundane. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I did all the covers. So that's <laughs> that was the one of the main main things, and uh, and then I mean, it, it, and then a lot of the stuff inside. Um, I did the, the features, but then everything else was commissioned. Um, and I think that the, just the nature of 
how things have moved on in 10 years. We're in a lot more, it makes sense more in the uh, in amongst all the visual world we're in. Whereas at the time, it really did stand out, I think. As yeah. A, and there wasn't anything like it. We would, And people didn't think it would make sense either because it was a, a, a unisex magazine. And you can't have a unisex magazine for children. It's that, you know, the kid, boys won't want the same thing as girls. But we were aiming, we were aiming it at creative kids, and they they understood at the time. But now, obviously, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, it's funny to look back on things, isn't it? With the, the benefit of hindsight, and just say, well, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, that would work. Yeah, I mean, I I think the beauty is, and, and all the magazines I was involved in, one way or the other, we didn't think about it too much. So with that around, there was no research or anything. We just made a magazine, and we approached illustrators that we thought would appeal to children but weren't weren't children's illustrators in fact we i think we hardly ever used that people who worked as it um illustrates for children and we just wanted to make something that we thought would appeal to us as well as children and you take a, I mean, it's a risk i guess but it never felt like that so we've got um anorak which is very much in the super mundane style so uh, I'd say kind of like very uh, bold, strong lines, yeah. bright colours. Then you've got uh, Fire and Knives, which was very much not, I'd say, in that style. <laughs> there, it, it was a much more, I mean, it was definitely you behind it, yeah. but doing something different. Um, it was because it was based mainly um, type led. So I, I was doing a title page basically for each uh, issue. And then, so I, I was playing around really. It was each time I tried different ways of producing type. I still kept, it's quite colourful still, and they got more colourful as I went along. I mean, the, the ori- original ones were very much like quintessentially English. I mean, we was using gill typefaces and uh, things like that. And then they got more and more um, strange. I don't know. I, got more, <laughs> I, I, think I, I was just allowed to, I don't know. I, I felt like I could push it more and more. If you look through the issues, the last few, um, I'm taking more risks, even though it's very simple the designs and then tim stopped making the mag i mean what what could have been going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's i mean he's doing well i guess well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's i hear him on radio four all the time and uh yeah so yeah he uh he kind of pulled it because he got what he wanted to do yeah, yeah, no, yeah no he got yeah no he got um the the book the diy book and then yeah, it's got loads of stuff. It's always busy. And then we had a brief moment of Kagul. Yeah, it was a single issue, yeah, unfortunately. But uh, yes, that was fun. And that was very much... I wrote things for that, which uh, I hadn't for any of the other things. A little bit for Anara, but nothing much. And that was very much a, a joint effort between me and Cathy. So it was more editorial as well as um, uh, the design. But that didn't quite work out. And so it was there. was that kind of positioned as so that's Anorak for adults. Yeah, or, which yeah. Uh, the Kagul. That's the that was the gag. Anorak Kagul. Do you know I never got that? You never got that. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. So it's the same. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. right. And so and so then nice so then you you move away from magazines. Uh, I did one. I guess. Uh, I directed Little White Lies. Oh, of uh, course you did. Yeah, yeah. Just one. Um, whilst there was the crossover between. Uh, the Human After All gang who and yeah, yeah. Then, uh, Timber Smiths came in and so I just did one issue which was quite nerve wracking what was the film? it was um, it was uh, Elysium right and okay. Timber did the cover and he had a, he was trying to draw uh, Matt Damon 
it's like trying to draw a potato or something (laughs) and get get like some uh, some you know it's really hard to do and they like they just want those covers on and and it's yeah it's but he's done a great job on the on the as because he came in as creative director and then uh it's it's kind of his thing now isn't it So. so so what have you been doing to keep yourself busy since then so i've been working pretty much on my own stuff um so my own graphic art and uh, illustration including commissions and I've had exhibitions and all kinds of stuff really and it's been really good for me because um, whilst I've enjoyed I, I love doing magazines but every three because there were always quarterlies so every three months or at one point I was doing anorak and foreign art so that was pretty much a full-time job and they would kind of take me away from my personal work and then there'd be an intense month and then there'd be kind of a recovery period, really, you know, like, a, and then just as I started to get back into it, another magazine would come along and then take me out again. And so for the past three or four years, I've just concentrated on my own work and it's developed loads. And um, I think it's, it shows that I've been kind of concentrating on it. And it's, it's, it's um, just the breadth of it as well is, is a lot bigger than it, than it was when I was doing magazines. So it's been really really fun for me and so when I think of your work so we talked about the the very strong lines and the, the bright colors so I think of your murals yeah you you've kind of become known for big murals yeah I haven't done as many as it might see <laughs> maybe they're just so I'd, big I'd like just to do really one. Big. yeah so I mean the biggest one is in Leeds train station that's the, that that's been a very um that was last year is that where you're from no, I'm from Tamworth in the Midlands. Ah, okay. So, so just, how did you end just, up making a mural in Leeds train station? Um, I got asked to pitch, <laughs> and I won the pitch. Um, and it was one of those jobs where they, they all they said was, "We want something bright and cheerful, and that, that will, you know, brighten somebody's dreary day on a rainy day in Leeds." And um, and that was it. And they wanted nothing heritage based, so it was and. Um, and so I designed this thing, and, that, and I hid the word Leeds in there, so you, you can read it. But we didn't tell, and then it had to. It's on glass, so we had to work in reverse as well. So it, it, when it's mirrored, it reads Leeds the other way as well. I think that might have got me the job. <laughs> <laughs> they love the word Leeds. Leeds. <laughs> if I could have got it three times, because they say Leeds, Leeds, Leeds for some reason. And uh, and then um, yeah, so it's uh, and that's a permanent thing. So that feels. In my kind of world, at the level I'm at, it feels quite a, a massive privilege to have a permanent piece of public art. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and then other, yeah, I've done other um, murals, which are more, that one, that one was printed, but I've done painted ones, and so yeah, it's they're good fun to do. And then you also have made underpants. Uh, I well, I've personally made them, but I've done designs for underpants, yeah, for Frank Dante. And then I'm actually going out to Japan with them, and, and uh, not with the pants, with with the company <laughs> Frank Dante, or maybe I'll, I don't know. I'll, um, uh, so they're um, putting on an exhibition with me and two other Japanese artists, um, kind of sponsored by them. So I've never been to Japan before. Wow! So I'm really. Excited. When's that happening? Uh, Mid Feb. Right. Okay. So um, it's only just been confirmed properly. I've, I've put off emailing them just to kind of because I didn't want to know well, at least when I didn't know whether it was happening or not it was still might be happening yeah you could still be excited about <laughs> yeah, it yeah I yeah. know but it's happening and so 
yeah, I'm going to stay over there for a bit. I think. Wow, how so, long for? How long will you be there? Uh, I'm gonna, I might try and add another two because the the uh, exhibition's a week long. Oh, right. the, the the prep is a week, and then um, I might stay for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't. I, I haven't even looked into it yet. It's going to come around very quickly. That I guess so. But yeah, I'm, I can't wait. And drones. Drones. That was a funny project. Yeah, because that wasn't. They're not real. Those drones, and that was for. I can't remember his name now. He's an artist. And uh, that was at the New York uh, movie, Museum of Moving Images, and he and you could he had this program. I don't know if it still works called Mr. Drones, and it was on well a website, and you could just put on um, uh, artwork, and it would wrap it around a three D model and put it anywhere that you wanted to. Um, and I had mine on Brooklyn Bridge, I think, because I just in some traffic, just. I thought it was just silly to have a drone that could go anywhere stuck in traffic on the <laughs> and um and then it had a hole in a wall with a CD writer or something and you could put it like a CD in there and then, really yeah this was this was all I mean this was a few years ago right but it was a whole project by an artist that I can't remember his name <laughs> I think it was Rashid somebody that's not going to help, is it? Okay, yeah. all right. So any, anyway, yeah. so you don't... I'm not very good with names. I've, I've managed not to have to say many so far. So. And of course, the, the piece of work that you're most proud of recently is you made a Christmas card for Stack. Yes, obviously, that's high on my list of, <laughs> of you know... That's actually the first Christmas card. Oh, no, uh, I did one for wallpaper a long time ago. Really? Yeah, but that's the, the first one I've done in a long time. The, the thing I love emailing you about with stuff like that is where you can just say... What like what would a Christmas card look like oh, right, if yeah. Super Monday made it? Yeah. And it's like uh, this mad snowflake. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I've, I think I've got a way of approaching things now that I can. It's not really a like a filter or something, but it's but I know what I'm. I have I have a few set ways of doing things, and it's very. I mean that a lot of it's just ninety degree lines and forty five degree lines, and then it's all about how they um, interact and mm. and that's. It sounds quite limiting, but it's actually I can do all kinds of things within that. And uh, you know, maybe I'll go to 180 degree lines. Or so. Oh no, that's 180 <laughs> that's degree a, lines. It's just straight lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I already do that. That's how difficult it is for me to get off of that. <laughs> and and so the so you've been doing all this other stuff. The reason that you're here today, so I, I should say, like, I just kind of roped you into this podcast yeah, that last yeah, minute. You nice. thought you were just coming to have a chat, yeah. and then I stuck a thing in front of your face. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And um, you are considering a yeah. uh, move back to print. I am uh, thinking about starting a magazine, and it was, it's something I've been thinking about for probably at least a year, and it's changed. Um, the basic idea is the same, but it's kind of gone through lots of... Uh, thinking process really and, and trying to get to a point where I've, I've got you know the the one line or whatever the the sentence that you yeah. can say that people go okay I now I, I understand and um but it's because I kind of it's weird with magazines I never want I never well I, I didn't go out to design magazines it just happened because I was offered one and then I did it for 10 years and but it's a it's a funny world when you're not in it you do miss it because <laughs> it's quite a it is a a, 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 a real kind of community world that, that a magazine world and so and then also um, I just like dealing with people and that process of emailing people to find out about so I've come up with an idea for a magazine that requires very little design and very little editing so hopefully it would uh, um, so the, the basic premise of the magazine is it's made up of 
physical submissions. So it, there's, there'll be no email submissions or there'll be... Um, I wouldn't be commissioning things directly. It would be things that are posted to me, which would be the name of the magazine, Posted, which means obviously posted, but it also means keeping people up to date. And it comes from me loving ephemera things. You know, if you, whenever I go to an exhibition, I love the the glass cabinets with all the the little sketches in and the write the um, letters and things like that. And I love secondhand books with inscriptions in and. I think it's just trying to make some direct link between what somebody's made and the thing that you're looking at. So the idea would be everything would be uh, photographed. So there wouldn't be any... Uh, it, the whole magazine would be photographed and with the name of the person next to it. So it's almost like a, an, it becomes an artefact. And in that way, I don't have to edit anything. It's saying, this is, this is a piece of work or whatever it is. I mean, it can be anything as well. I mean, that's the... I mean, it's quite tricky because I don't, without actually getting people's work in or whatever it is, I don't know what it's going to look like. So I'm kind of, I've got, I mean, in my head, I think it's going to look, will be brilliant. I mean, it's up to me to ask good people. And then it could be, and then the idea would be you don't know what you're going to, it's going to be on the next page, really. So, and I suppose it's a little bit of a, it's trying to go, go against the, the kind of all the algorithms that are on the internet now and that we, we probably didn't realise for a while, and then we realised we've just been fed these things, and it's going against these the single subject matter magazines, which they're all fine. I'm not against any of these things, but I just think there's a place for something a little bit more immediate, a little bit more crude, but less research. I mean, there's a lot of magazines now are quite academic, you know, and I just want something that you just don't know what it's going to be, and each time you get it, it could be anything. And uh, and the idea for this partly, if I understand right, came yeah. from the little Brexit projects that you you did. Um, it didn't come directly. This came before the, before. The, so the Brexit thing was about the Theresa May statement that um, uh, if you believe yourself to be a citizen of the world, you're a citizen of nowhere. And I thought it was a horrible kind of xenophobic, dividing statement. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, getting, getting annoyed about it as. It's very easy about everything now, <laughs> and um, and then I woke up early on a Sunday morning and just just mocked up a badge that said "Citizen of Nowhere." So I thought, if you, you know, I'd prefer to be a citizen now there, but then have to pretend to be just because I'm born here that I, I have some sort of affinity with everybody in a, in a direct way, <clears throat> and then and just said, if you want one, just send me a sent dressed envelope. You can have one for free, and. And I've done a T-shirt with it now on as well, and it's gone down well. It's been really nice. And then I get these letters from people saying, "Thanks for doing this." I just because it's a simple, it's a tiny thing, but I think all these little things are, you know, important, and they all add up. Absolutely. So, so I that was kind of, that was done quite recently. So I've been thinking about this magazine for longer than that, but um, it all feeds into the same thing really so you almost accidentally ended up getting a lot of submissions like inverted commas submissions uh, <laughs> from people because people sent you a note saying yeah. hey i love this idea send me a batch yeah yeah i mean I, w I probably wouldn't put them in the magazine but they're but it's this it's that feeling of something that's like a, somebody has sat down and written this um note and said you know thank i mean i, I don't yeah, i wouldn't want a magazine full of 
Thanks. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> oh, here's another. Th- that's oh, look, another hi, magazine. Hi, Ralph. Thank you. You're so great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. What's this? Oh, it's, yeah. Just lots of. <laughs> so we can look forward to thank you notes. Yeah, coming, that's all it is. Coming it's, next it's year. just me, yeah. me doing things, and then a magazine of people uh, telling me how great I am. That's the new Mac. And <laughs> um, well, listen. I'd like. I thank you for sharing that. I know that this is like before, like you're really it's, ready to talk about the magazine at all. But yeah, I'm, it's kind of. It's in a very. Uh, it's in a really early stage. I haven't actually asked anybody to contribute yet to it, so it's. But it, I've mocked it up, so that's uh, you know when you when you get to that stage, you know you you it's as good as done. You've mocked yeah. a thing up. <laughs> All right, Rob. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, thanks. Cheers. Cheers. All right, that's enough for this week. Thanks again to Rob for speaking to me. As you can probably tell, he really genuinely wasn't quite ready to talk about the magazine yet. But um, I think at least by getting him to talk about this, it now means that he has to go and do it. So I hope that at least we have uh, contributed positively in that way. And he is genuinely one of my favorite illustrators and I really can't wait to see what he does with the magazine. Thanks very much to you for listening. Uh, Of course, you can follow us on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell everyone you know. We want more subscribers uh, to the podcast and to Stack generally, of course. Uh, Stack makes for a lovely Christmas present, but I've already gone on about that enough. So um, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. (laughs) 